Welcome to the Fierce Mama Warrior Podcast. This is your host, Jackie Hyman, and this is your hub of women who live to improve the lives of other women on the motherhood journey, health, wellness, and being their best. Hello to my Fierce Mama Warriors and all of the women listening and participating in this. So I wanted to put out a Feminine Rising episode every month on the new moon. Uh, so the moon, new moon has passed. <laughs> However, I'm still showing up with what I have when I have it, and I'm very proud of myself for that. Um, got my crystal. I've got my favorite scented candle. All of the things that just help me to access the feminine part of myself and feel the earth in my hand and uh, the light of the femininity. So I had the honor of hosting another women's circle for the new moon. This time it was ER. This time, unfortunately, it was not in my home. It was a virtual but that's also beautiful because it meant that a lot more women could join. So there were quite a few there. And for those of you who missed it, I am giving a recap and uh, just praying that I show up with giving this over, this message over in the right way, in a way that's right for all of us and that gets through to all of us because I believe it's so important. So I'm actually going to open with a quote that is used very often uh, at the start of these circles and it goes like this. This is from the Leshem. Okay. It's from uh, Sarah Edith Schneider's Kabbalistic Writings on Masculine on masculinity and femininity that are sourced from the Leshem, who was a very big Kabbalist rabbi. Okay, so suddenly the study of gender takes center stage. Has anyone else noticed this? That gender, talk about gender is everywhere. For it holds the key to unraveling the origin, purpose, and elimination of evil. Anyone committed to the holy work of turning darkness into light must also labor for the moon's tikkun, okay? The moon is the feminine presence that's in the world. Her light is a feminine light. And her tikkun is her purpose in this world. The rising of the feminine and the conquest of evil are inextricably linked. Neither can happen without the other. Okay. So that is the prayer I'm going to open with. That is the intention I'm going to set for this. And then I am going to talk a little bit about where we are in the yearly cycle. Cycles are feminine. They're connected to nature. And as women, we are affected by them. And the whole world is affected by them, uh, but especially women. So just coming into where we are at 
with this moon, which is called ER. So we are in spring, which means that all of the seeds that we planted before Rosh Hashanah are now emerging. So they sat in the dark and the cold and they rotted and they waited and they held out. And suddenly now we are seeing what was hidden underneath the earth. We are seeing all of the things that are hidden is bursting forth from the earth. You can go outside and you can see this for yourself. This is, this is what's happening. Okay. At least in the, in our um, hemisphere, it's what's happening. But again, uh, what's happening in Israel is sort of a, an example for what's happening spiritually in the world. Okay. So right now in Israel, it is springtime and the emotion that is largely at play during this time is anger. And we think of anger as a bad thing sometimes, but I personally, um, for a lot of people, I think it's healthy to be angry and especially for women. Okay. These are my thoughts. Again, this is not Julia's thoughts. I think it is very, um, important for women to allow themselves to experience anger. And a lot of times the anger that's coming from women is anger at the way the world is today. And we just know that it could be better and that it should be better. And that can make us angry. So there is a holy anger that can drive us to make the world a better place. Okay. So anger is largely at play here. I don't know about you. I have definitely been feeling this and playing with this angry emotion. I find it to be very healing actually to stand up and say, no, this is not right. Uh, this needs to change and coming from a place of holy anger. So from the 25th of Adar until Shavuot is what's called the Days of Chesed. <clears throat> There's a huge spiritual awakening happening during this time every single year. And, and it's really when things are coming to fruition. All of the seeds you planted, they are coming to life. Let me know if you feel this too, because I definitely feel like a lot has been coming to light recently for me on a personal level, but I'm sure also on a national level, on a world level. Then Pesach, we actually have a birth, right? We come through the Red Sea, which was a canal of water. So funny. So on a... On Seder night, you know, we talked about how like we are the Jews who are leaving Egypt. So, like right now, we are leaving Egypt, and then on um, in Suudat Mashiach, was it Suudat Mashiach? I don't remember when it was, or maybe it's Shabbat. But the day that we actually were in the Red Sea, 
we were talking about with my family how you know, with, with the kids, like we are like crossing the Red Sea right now today. And I go, yeah, we're like in the birth canal. And <laughs> my husband looks at me and laughs, but it's true. Okay. We had a birth in Pesach. So all of us had a sort of rebirth. There was a birth of our nation. There was a birth of something new in the world. And then what's coming up is a holiday called Lagabomer. Okay, and Lagabomer is really about a certain special rabbi. His name is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, okay, um, and about the light that he brought down through the Kabbalah. And he is quoted to have said, everything that I ever said is really just about Love and unity. Those two things must reign above all. And that's really the light that he brought down was just pure love. And when you have pure love, it comes from knowing that there's no real difference between you and me, black or white, like Jewish, non-Jewish. We are one. We are unified. Okay? Okay. So many different types of Jews, like the divisions between us in the world are slowly coming to an end and it's becoming more and more and more revealed every day how unified we are. So that's the light that Rabbi Shimon brought down. And since he brought it down, it's been expanding more and more. And it is really interesting. Like it's, it's, you know, I, I don't pretend to know if we're at the end of days or not. According to the timeline, we really are like almost there. Okay. There's 6,000 years and we are 5780. Okay. We like, we are really, really getting there, but there are also signs all around in the UN. Now they're saying, like, we need to stop building weapons and start building ventilators for people to save them, to save their lives. Just that alone could be enough, like Dayenu, right? And the light that Rabbi Shibin brought down was of the Kabbalah. And the Kabbalah was a source of the Torah that was hidden. It was kept secret. And Rabbi Shimon and a lot of other rabbis, Hasidic rabbis, started to slowly reveal it to the people and bring it down to the people. So it's revealing what was hidden, okay? Springtime, revealing what was hidden. The feminine, right? Hidden and then being revealed. So it's all connected. And what's really, really interesting um, about what's going on now with COVID-19 and the end of days. So we spoke already about how at the end of days, the feminine power will rise to be equal in equal light as the masculine, but also we will live in a more feminine world that is not linear. We will not have hierarchies. It will be much more of a circle where every single individual has an individual path to God and no one is closer and no one is farther away. We will all be equidistant 
from God. So the biggest rabbi in the world will not be closer to God than you or me. We all will have our own unique pathway to him. Okay, no one will be holier than anyone else. No one will be more important than anyone else. A circle. We will be in a circle, no longer in a line. Okay, and that is the feminine, the circle, the cycle, the individual, the going inward to find God instead of seeking what other people are telling me, what I've been taught, finding God inside. And if we haven't had that opportunity to go inside right now, we are all going in, we are all staying inside. We are all staying home. We are all in our homes. And if that's not feminine, I don't know what is. And do not get me wrong. I am not saying that women should, women's role is in the home. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying the feminine energy, which is inside every woman and man, the feminine energy is the energy of coming home, being at home with yourself, being at home in your body, being at home with who you are as an individual, no matter what that means for you. And that the first Shalom Bite, right? Everyone talks about Shalom Bite, peace in the home. And usually when people speak about this, they're referring to peace in your marriage. Very important to note that the first Shalom Bite, the first peace within your home must be you being at peace with yourself and in your personal ultimate home, the home to your soul, which is your body. It is a, your body is a temple of the divine. So being at home in that home, really accepting it and loving it as your home is a huge journey for women. Something that is not easy for women, but it's the first thing we must do if we want peace on the outside is make peace in here. Okay. COVID-19. We all know what COVID means in Hebrew. It's kavod. Kavod means respect. 19 happens to be the gematria of Chava, the archetypal woman. Now, I don't know what kind of stories you were brought up with about Chava, but most of us learned that she was sort of the one who messed everything up. (laughs) And it's very clear that, and, and she's seen as our archetype. So, you know, what kind of message does that send to little girls, to women, to boys, to men? I don't know. I don't know. I know that I don't feel, always feel like Chava is someone who, when we talk about her, we talk about her with a lot of respect. We sort of talk about her as like, she's the one who broke the rule. She's the one who brought us down, right? She's the one who brought darkness. Very clear that COVID-19 is definitely a sign 
that it is time to give more respect to Chava, to the archetype of woman, to the part of God that is feminine, the divine feminine, which has really been downplayed in my experience. We always refer to God as he. It's always the masculine. It's always the king. And uh, now is really, really the time to start talking about the divine feminine and giving that respect. Okay. So at the end of days, it is written that we will, we are davening for the moon to have her crown back that the light of the moon in the beginning was diminished. That's why her light is so much dimmer than the sun's. And at the end of days, she will be crowned as queen. And Corona, you know what that means. (laughs) It means crown. So I'm not saying I know what all of this means. I'm saying God does send us signals and signs in any way that she can and interpret them how you wish. I, I see this as being very clear, that the feminine is rising. We are staying home. We are going inward. We are being alone. Times are dark. That is all feminine. That is all feminine. So the other thing that... Kabbalists say about the end of days is that we really will have to connect all the way back to what Avraham Avinu was about, what Abraham was about. So what was Abraham about? Who was he? What's his story? Well, his story is this. He was called Rosh HaMa'aminim, the head of the believers. So you'd think, oh, he was the first one who believed in one God. That's sort of the story we were given, right? Well, there are lots of people before him who believed in God. What about Noah, right? What about Adam and Eve? So he wasn't the first one to believe. So what was he? Well, there was no one around him who really believed in God. He had no rabbi. He had no guide. He had no one telling him, what to believe. He had nobody telling him what to believe. He took everything he had ever learned about God and he chucked it to create his own path. And he's called Rosh Nim not because he believed in God, because he believed in himself. And he believed that God lives inside himself. And that if he wants to, he can access that anytime he wants. So what does that mean for us? The feminine, slowing down, going inward, the individual, the self. It means it's time for us to stop searching for answers out there. Of what he said, what she said, what he teach, this teaching, this And when we need an answer to go in, we can access God anytime if we slow down, if we connect to the body, and if we just open up and listen to what that inner voice, that inner wisdom that comes directly from God is telling us. 
So that's what Avram Avinu did. And that's what we are being called on to do again today. So if you haven't noticed, the rise in popularity of meditation is going crazy right now. Yoga going crazy right now. Like it is happening in the world on a world level. We are doing this collectively more and more and more. He, Avram Avinu, really knew himself. And that's part of the feminine is really getting to know who you are. Who are you as a unique individual? Avram Avinu knew himself and he loved himself. And he really believed that the world was made for him because God loves him. And that there really is only love. He was about love. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is about love. What is more feminine than love? <laughs> love. There really is only just love. So Yudit Schneider also brings down in the name of Rav Tzadok Cohen that there are two different types of Torah. There are two Torahs, right? We like to talk about the written Torah and the oral Torah and we think of the oral Torah as the Mishnah and the Gemara. There is Torah, which is ink to parchment, the words, all those words. And then there's another Torah. It is the Torah, which she calls the Torah of souls. Souls. This is what women are dealing with, especially now on a daily basis. The souls that are inside our home, our children, our husband, ourselves, we are day-to-day, moment-by-moment dealing with the souls, especially our own soul. Your soul is what makes you, you. Okay? So the Torah of what makes you, you. The Torah of the story of your individual life. Your unique story is a Torah. And it's said that the Torah of souls is more important than what's written on the parchment. Especially as we come to the end of days and the feminine is rising, it becomes more and more and more important than what's written on the parchment. Okay. So interesting because I actually had a conversation with somebody who was talking about homosexuals and how that's unnatural and it's not what God wants from us and, you know, that they should change and that they should, I'm probably not saying exactly what he said, but he mentioned a rabbi who was saying like, why, like if they want to sin, fine, but why do I have to accept them and, and welcome them into my shul? So Obviously, I was arguing this, and we were starting just going in circles with like very circular argument. Um, this is my personal story. This is not from Julia. I've never spoken to Julia about what she, you know, the teacher who's bringing all this down about how she feels about this. I really don't know. I know what I think she would say, but at the end of, you know, how it sort of came to an end eventually was he just said, you know, like, you know, you do have a lot of love in you. I could see that you are coming from a place of love. 
Because I was saying, I, you know, I just want people to be who they are <laughs> and be welcomed. And he was saying, this isn't what they are. It's just something that they do and they can change it. And he said to me, you know, you are coming from a place of love. It's kind of like, at least you're coming from love. At least. No, no, no. Love is everything. Love is the most important. More important than what's written on the parchment. Rabbi Akiva said, Love. The rest is commentary. You shall not lie with a woman like a man's abomination. That's commentary. First of all, love. That's coming from a personal note, okay? That's not in uh, the name of anyone but me. That's how I feel about it. So this Torah of souls comes from two people who really brought down the power of how to live the Torah of souls. One is Chava, who before she was Chava, she was Chaya. Just life, just daily life, our lives, the day in, day out of the story of our life and how we are, how we make decisions on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis about what to do, what God wants from us. Just life. <laughs> that is a Torah in itself. Life, our primal instincts, that every moment that we are making some sort of even little decision about, you know, how do I deal with this crying kid? We have a primal instinct and we must go inward to the intuition to guide us on our path moment to moment with all of this. There is no one right answer for every day. There is no one right answer for every situation. Moment to moment, we must go inward and ask our inner wisdom that is connected to Hashem, ask Hashem, what does Hashem want from me right now? And the truth is, we know the answer. We don't need to look on Facebook groups to know the answer to what we're supposed to do with our lives. We know, but we do need to trust ourselves. We need to get to know who we are. We need to build that relationship with that inner voice that is Hashem. But we hold all the answers inside of what is right for us, what the right decision is for us. Esther was another person who brought this this power down because She didn't have a grand plan (laughs) of what she was going to do when she decided, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to do whatever I can to save the Jewish people. She did not have some grand plan. She asked, what do I do next? What is my next best step? One foot in front of the other. What do I do next? Just go to the king. Okay. I got through to the king alive. Now what do I do? (laughs) Okay. Invite him to a party. Okay. We're at the party. What am I going to do now? Invite him to another party. And step by step, she called on God to tell her what to do. She called on her inner wisdom 
gift she had inside to tell her what to do. She used Ruach HaKodesh, and it's a Ruach HaKodesh that we all have. Different than prophecy, okay? Ruach HaKodesh is being able to communicate with and feeling Hashem nudge us toward the right thing. That is Ruach HaKodesh. There's a book called Women Who Run With Wolves. There are a lot of comparisons between the feminine and wolves. So in the book, The Women Run With Wolves was read a quote about why women are like wolves. And the wolf, you know, if she's injured, she will just go on. She will not lie down and die. She will drag herself to a place where she can thrive again. She just won't give up. She'll drag herself and drag herself and drag herself. We need to just hold on. That is the power of the feminine, being able to just hold on. And if any of you have given birth, you know this power of just hanging in there. That is what we are doing until the end of days. That is the power of the feminine hanging in there until the end of days. We have the power to open doors where there are none and walk through them in order to make the world a better place. Because we have the power of the unknown. The darkness is the unknown. The darkness at the end of days is the unknown. Right? Men are, uh, masculine is truth, which is very beautiful, but it's reality. It's what you see in front of you. It's what you know. The power of the feminine is faith. It's what you don't know. It's what you are hanging on to. It's that belief that the world can and will be a better place. It's that ability to see the world that way, even though it's not that way right now. To see that it's going there, that it can go there. All of the broken things about this world one day will not be anymore. The feminine is the ability to believe that the world will be fixed. We are living in a very broken world, but if I just said, we're living in a very broken world, the end, <laughs> that's the end of the story. No, like that's not why God put us here. That can't be. We are living in a very broken world. That's not the end. That's not the end. Hold out until the end of the story. And that also, by the way, is a very powerful Torah about Purim. The whole thing started in Israel with COVID-19 on Purim, which is a very feminine holiday about women stepping into their power and the power that Esther brought down, okay? The queen, the crowning of the moon, the queen. Anyway, why do we need to hold, hear every single word of the Megillah? Because what if we stopped the story? Haman is going to kill all the Jews, the end. Like, for the Jews in that time, they could have just said, oh, this is, this is it, guys. This is the end. The story could have ended there. Really could have. 
No, you must hold out until the end. There will be an ending that is good, that is fixed, that is better, that is more beautiful. There will, you just need to hold out. That's why you've got to show up for the beginning of the Megillah and hear every word and stay until the end. You cannot get up and leave in the middle. We just need to hold on. We are getting there. Sometimes the last moments, as we know with birth, are the hardest, but we just need to hold on. That is our power. The promise of nature is that after winter, spring always comes. Have a beautiful, wonderful spring. And I will be back with another Feminine Rising episode in the next month. And I cannot wait to catch up with you and to be with you and to talk about these things then. Feel good, feel strong. (music) 